Welcome to the Regen podcast, updating you on the latest in smart and renewable energy. Regen takes time to digest the latest renewable energy policy, technology and market development announcements and prepare them for you to make informed decisions about your business. This podcast is brought to you with support from the Esme Fairburn Foundation. The Esme Fairburn Foundation has been supporting Regen's Community Energy Programme for three years. Uh, I'm making a series of podcasts for Regen about community energy and we are at the Community Energy Spring Gathering which is um, a really lovely opportunity to get everyone together. And you are representing probably one of the longest established community energy groups in the UK. Can you tell me about you and your community energy group? I'm uh, Dan McCallum. I'm the uh, manager of uh, OWL Co-op and employed by OWL Ammon Tower. We set up, we started to think of the idea in in 1998, which is so long ago, it's almost embarrassing. (laughs) And we've only just commissioned our community wind farm and actually reached financial close on it yesterday with Triodos Bank, who are giving us a £5.25 million loan. So it's been a long, long journey. Um, it initially came out of uh, sustainable development sort of policy, um, a series of meetings about Local Agenda 21, and public meetings in, in the village of Gwanka Gurwan, um, and part of a series across the UK, actually, and someone suggested, what about a community wind farm? And that was alongside suggestions about cycle tracks and sort of, you know, organic food and stuff like that. So a, a few of us sort of thought, oh, it's got potential. And we were linked, there was a regeneration charity locally, um, which, like many such charities, is always trying to apply for funding to keep, keep going. So we thought, right, why don't we try and harness a local asset wind for local benefit, i.e. putting funding into sort of education, training, creches, um, projects. Um, and we developed that idea, managed to get funding at that point from the DTI. Um, so long ago, people just don't remember what that department was in government, but it was to test out different methods of community consultation. And we did that for a year, ran a big community referendum. People locally supported it. So we thought, great. And that's, that's where our problems really started. <laughs> <laughs> so we had, um, we, we um, tried to get planning, got turned down a number of times. But just stuck at it. Um, we mainly got turned down on visual impact, and our scheme was five turbines. So our basic plan was just to reduce it one by one. Um, so we, we did that. That was our strategy. It took about 10 years. <laughs> and finally got to two turbines, at which point a planning inspector said that was acceptable. Um, and we were then able to start, you know, after a bit more of a process, start building. Um, so, yeah, it feels amazing, actually, now that when we go, you know, up, home to see the turbines there up on the hill uh, it's almost become sort of mythical to us really that we might actually get wind turbines and certainly to a lot of other people that we've spoken to over the years a lot of them thought it was built <laughs> so these are the sort of like you know the imaginary wind turbines um, and we did other things during that time and that's partly what kept us going 
But the wind turbines were always the crux of Owl and Tower. I mean, Owl, Owl means wind in Welsh. Um, so it is amazing that they are finally built for us, especially. It's going to be a really big celebration. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. We sort of put off planning that too much because we we had a lot of work to get to financial close. Um, but yes, we will be having a big event. We're going to have something in Community Energy Fortnight, um, you know, an open day or something. Um, but we just haven't been able to think about anything else. What's involved in financial close? Um, an incredibly sort of rigorous process of looking at all the documents that relate to the wind farm, you know, who the designers were, um, the, the land agreements. We've had a massive amount of help from, from Burgess Salmon, our solicitors in Bristol, over a long period of time. Um, but but then Triodos' solicitors needed to look at all those agreements. The, the turbine itself, um, which is in our case Enercon, the predictions, you know, the consultants that we used to predict the amount of wind power that we'd get, you know, Dulles, um, the construction company that we used as well. And then every, every um, part of it, then they have to give a kind of collateral warranty, usually that their work, you know, that they're giving, they're putting their professional indemnity on the line and those warranties get inspected by the bank solicitors, uh, TLT. Um, so it's just, I mean, at every stage, it was. I felt there were good, good questions, very good questions. Uh, but there was just a lot of work that involved in in producing all of the documentation. Um, so I was very pleased that we had used um, consultants all the way through that were known to the bank, um, rather than um, sort of, uh, you know, sort of you know, perhaps cheaper or. Um, uh, less experienced consultants because it just they, their predictions wouldn't have been verified, and therefore we'd have had to get it redone to get the funding. So, what's the process of grid connection for you? In in our case, it was it, that was the that was actually that was actually quite straightforward. We had a thirty three kV power line that that was about sort of three hundred meters from our site, so we had a, a a very cheap grid connection. I think it's about two hundred and two hundred and thirty five thousand pounds. Um, into the 33kV network on the same landowner as one of the turbines. So, so that, what's the process? What do you have to do to get a grid connection? Um, we worked with a company called TNEI uh, to submit, submit the application, giving the various bits of data that we needed to do with, with WPD, got an offer with it, kind of the sum of money, paid the deposit, um, and then dur- during the process of the construction, there was a lot, because it's high voltage, there was a lot more of a sort of process rigmarole involved around who could be on site, who could do bits of work. So we were, our, our wind farm was built by Raymond Brown Construction. They subcontracted to another company called Power Systems, who do a lot of wind turbine work. Um, and they, they were the sort of main point of in- interface with Western Power Distribution, who were the DNO. So there were yeah, quite a few sort of contracts between all of those parties and warranties given by different parties. Um, but but we, we, are rel- we are a relatively lucky project because we had a secure grid connection without any um, uh, sort of kind of 
more detailed grid management required. So we're able to fully export. We haven't got an active, net, active network management connection, which is a whole other a new thing that's being brought in. Um, but going forward, um, if we wanted to expand our site, um, we would have to look at grid connection again for any future turbines and it would be not be so straightforward. But I imagine that having been through the process that you've gone through so far, that that makes it easier for future connections? Um, I don't, I think technically it will be, be quite complicated for us to get another connection. Um, I think the main thing is having been through the process is the sort of confidence that it's given us, but also the, um, the recognition that we've now kind of got from WPD or Welsh Government or the local authority that we've actually delivered a, a, a you know, significant project and it's kind of proven within Wales that a, a, a co-op can develop a, you know, a, a sort of a, a quite a big capital project that is 8.25 million pounds. So it's large and, um, and it's of a commercial scale, but, but governed by a co-op. So it's more that the confidence level and then um, that the technical solutions can be found you know, there's so much innovation happening within the community energy sector and that's why I'm, I'm here now really hearing about other groups what they're doing in terms of battery storage or active network management connections um, you know because the same things that can happen on solar PV can just can be are, are being scaled up to wind uh, and so it's not it's all about sort of local generation embedded generation and the innovation that can happen around that and the com- and, and who else to, to be talking to, to to find out who's done what there's a lot of sh- a very useful sharing. Um, so what do you think is the future of um, community energy then? I'm yeah, very interested by um, sort of more efficient management of renewable energy um, through battery storage. Um, I think, uh, and, I, and I'm especially interested by local supply as well, you know, wouldn't that just make it a lot easier to get planning if we could say to people locally, right, that we will be your energy supplier or we will link up to this or that company to do that. And you know, in, in Germany, I think they've got 2,300 energy suppliers um, and lots of examples of, of local supply and renewables selling, providing power cheaper than sort of mainstream companies. And I think there'll be even more support for wind energy if we were able to offer that. So I sort of follow the sort of trials up at Bethesda and Fintree with a lot of interest where they are supplying locally from um, hydro and other um, technologies. Um, and it's not, it's not so straightforward. It's, it's not, we can't do it at the moment with our, you know, on a 33 kV network. But hopefully Ofgem will compel the DNOs to help facilitate that because ultimately it does need to happen. We need to be using our power more locally and people need to be taking more control of their energy and where it comes from. And that can, you know, I think best be achieved by, by using community co-ops. How many people are in your organisation? Um, we've got, I think it's 850 members in the co-op. Uh, a lot of whom have got a lot of experience in the wind and energy sectors. So there's a number of people that I can phone up and get advice about about things. Um, we've got uh, three members of staff, um, and then 
um, five directors of 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 the co-op. Um, but we I mean, but we network a lot with other co-ops as well. So there's kind of an informal body of people that we can turn to for support as well. Given the longevity of your organisation, um, do you see any kind of shift in attitude towards renewables over the time that you've been involved? M- massively. Um, when, when we first started in 1998, literally the wind industry was, was, was just starting in the UK. Um, and we did a joint, a, a joint kind of PR thing with the British Wind Energy Association to produce little badges called I Love Wind Turbines on them. And then, of course, the wind energy took off in the UK, it became massively corporate. Um, and we just struggled on trying to get planning for our two to, for our, for our community turbines. Um, but lots of wind farms did get built. And so some of the concerns about turbines like noise and whether they would cause epilepsy that were getting raised in, you know, when we were developing, our, our, doing community consultation about our project kind of just went away. Um, because there was just more, much more knowledge about wind turbines. Um, I think that the technology itself has moved on massively as well. So like the sort of cost of energy from wind turbines is now on a par with any form of generation. And it's cheaper than a lot, especially nuclear. Um, so the economics, the technology, public acceptance of, of, of wind turbines has changed. Um, Certainly within Wales, I mean, England, it's very, very difficult, unfortunately, to get planning now at the moment But for wind, but, but within Wales, there's, there's a lot of support for it. And I think government policy now is, is much more moving in favour of community energy, having seen just in the last couple of years, you know, a, a growing number of share offers and successful installs and the realisation that these can be funded from within Wales and with a lot of the benefit going to back into Wales and to Welsh suppliers. Um, so that's a really good thing. So it's a very, very exciting area to be involved with going, going forward. And just a lot of innovation um, and, and learning that can come out of that. And for you, the next steps are to extend the installation that you're just starting now? We're very interested in, in extending it. We're also interested in, in battery storage. Um, there is some European funding that we're looking at um, to see if we can get battery storage on our site. Because um, clearly it's sounding like from, from the day today that it's still um, very early stages for, for batteries in terms of the income streams that can be achieved. Then maybe if it's a, one of the big six looking at it, you know, they'll just fund it off their balance sheet um, and get benefit from it. But for a community co-op doing it, um, it's not clear-cut. You know, how are you going to earn money you know, putting power back into the grid when there's more need from it? So we need to consider it quite, quite carefully and how it might affect other income streams as well from the, from the renewable energy. So we're interested in that. Um, obviously just putting more turbines there as well, if, if we can do that technically. Um, it'll be very interesting actually going back into planning and just seeing what kind of if, it, if it's you know, hopefully it'll be different <laughs> I think it will be um, and then um, looking at local supply if, if as that develops across the UK what we can do Pam thank you so much for your time I really appreciate it
Regen is an independent not-for-profit that uses its expertise to work with industry, communities and the public sector to revolutionise the way we generate, supply and use energy. Join now. Membership is open to any organisation who supports our mission and we will keep you informed, involved and connected. Please visit www.regensw.co.uk